In the moment that Mary said yes to the angel Gabriel's announcement that she, a woman who had never intimately known a man, would conceive in her body by the power of the Holy Spirit, the Son of God, the God who created man himself became man. Just like the rest of us, he had a body of one microscopic cell which divided and became two and so on. Soon, inside God, God himself beat a tiny human heart. Hundreds of years prior to this intimate, remarkable event, Isaiah prophesied what must have been a baffling mystery to the hearers at the time. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which both Luke and Matthew in their Gospels tell us means God with us. And how this could be is still a mystery to us. But what we can grasp, that God knew we needed him with us, and that Mary is an emblem for the close intimacy God desires to have with each one of us. The tiny Jesus, completely dependent on this woman for his nourishment, his daily bread, as it were, agreed to this so that one day he could reveal himself as the bread of life for us all. What tender humility of God. Why would ultimate power express itself in dire weakness and dependence? Why would the architect of galaxies flung across unimaginable space accept residence in a cramped and vulnerable human body to be God with us? Well, another Luke, my grandson, recently made this comment to his daddy as they were driving home to daddy's tiny apartment after church. I really like my daddy's apartment because there it feels like daddy is right next to me, as close as Jesus. And I'm the same close to you, daddy, that Jesus is. Now, for most of us, we don't especially like living in tiny quarters. I've longed for my son to have more space, but young Luke, with a perspective I lacked, sees the blessing of intimacy there, the security that whenever he is in that apartment, daddy can hear him and he can hear daddy, Daddy's face is never far from his own, that Daddy's hands are never more than a few steps away from him. He views his world there as a thrillingly shared world with the man he adores, God with us. When I was just awakening to faith, I attended a church renovated from an old barn in rural Connecticut. You had to climb up to the sanctuary in the renovated hayloft, which was an intimate space tucked under the old rafters. Well, one of the pastors there repeatedly made a statement which struck me at the time as a 15-year-old in which I still hear his voice repeating in my mind. Decades later, Pastor John used to say, God is closer to you than your own skin. Well, the Apostle John says something similar to this in the book of Revelations. I heard a voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. John, who in his youth was the closest of companions with Jesus, recalls as an old man in one of his letters about how the disciples heard his voice with their ears. They looked upon his person with their eyes and they touched him with their hands, God with them. Christianity isn't about making it to heaven as if any of us could. It's about how God knew us in our helplessness and in the body of his son brought down to all who would believe the entrance to the kingdom of heaven right here and right now.
Advent is a preparation time for the celebration of the birth of Christ. And I want to start off these Advent devotionals by drawing our attentions to the intimacy that God has chosen to have with us, to all who, like Mary, will open ourselves to his presence. In becoming flesh, Jesus reveals God to us as not some curmudgeonly disapproving, indifferent cosmic clockmaker who just wound up the world sitting by in stoic silence while it and we are running down to rack and ruin. No, he saw us in our waywardness and our need, and he chose to live the life we live with its harrowing birth, joys, sufferings, temptations, grief, and death, so that we could know forever after, in my grandson's words, that Daddy is right next to me. In the same letter in which John writes with a flowing torrent of almost awed breathlessness about the physical closeness the disciples shared with Jesus, he moves on to focus on love. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Loving others always follows from an intimate knowledge of God's love for us. As we call to mind the withness of our God, we begin to see that this is just what he is calling and appointing us to do, be with others. Last week, I saw such a touching example of this withness, a distant relation to our family, met my granddaughter Viola for the first time. She has a genetic disorder that affected her brain and also likely caused an aggressive brain cancer that she survived seven grueling months of chemotherapy to remove, we pray, permanently. When Rick entered Viola's home, he walked right over to her and smiling said, Viola, we've prayed and prayed for you. But he didn't stop there. He stooped down and knelt on the floor at her level and talked to her, actually sweet-talked her, saying things like, oh, aren't you getting big? I love your pretty hair with that beautiful bow and you have the most beautiful blue eyes. Where did you get those from? But Viola, in a move typical for her, didn't respond. She refused to look at him, even turning her face away. But Rick, to my surprise, wasn't deterred by that. Over the 45 minutes that extended family was visiting, he continued to sit with her and talk to her in a way that expressed he valued her as a person, even if she was a person not responding to him. And in the end, those blue eyes looked into his, her voice let out a happy squeal, and she gave him the greatest compliment. She stuck her feet on him, which means she likes someone and trusts them. Rick had been determined to enter the tiny apartment of Viola's world. God knows our messes, our loneliness, our inability to communicate our need, and he draws near to us all the time. Why not take a few minutes of silence each day this Advent to reflect on how Jesus has been near to you? Ask him to open your eyes to times where he's drawn close, but you haven't recognized him. Perhaps as you begin to see his presence in your daily world, God will put you in mind of people who feel they're quite alone in theirs. Maybe you can go to them, sit with them at the level of their need and listen. Perhaps he'll give you words with which to encourage them or a practical act of service you can offer them. Don't be surprised if they don't respond right away or at all. God knows we don't respond to him right away and yet he stays with us even though we turn our heads away and act as if we don't hear or see. So patient and long-suffering is he in his love. 
Let's remember during Advent that God came down to us to share our tiny apartment, something my grandson Luke intuits in a way few of us pay attention to, I think. But Luke also said this, I'm the same close to you, Daddy, that Jesus is. I pray that not only would you recognize this Advent season that Jesus is closer to you than your own skin, but that you have the possibility of being that same close that Jesus is for others. The Gospel writer Matthew records in the first chapter that Emmanuel, God with us, has come, and the very last words in his Gospel account are the last words of Jesus before he ascended to heaven. Behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. His entire telling of the life of Jesus bracketed by God being with us now and always. Lord, this Advent season, open our eyes to the ways you are with us daily, and may those around us see that you long also to dwell with them. Amen.